This show is a series of conversations amongst really good friends. We come from different generations and have different life situations. And those situations are even changing as we record this. We decided when we began that this might be a helpful conversation for others to be a part of. So we offer this to you as a gift. In the words of Dr. Adrian Keene, we have decided to consent to learn in public. With you. We intend to be mindful, authentic, and responsible with our words. But we also expect to mess up and learn through this conversation. Take a look at America today. I wish I could give you better news. That I am suspending my campaign. 300 delegates behind Vice President Biden. And all this little thing is, we're going to have to wait for more And the path toward victory is virtually impossible. For some of these other candidates to get behind Joe Biden. I'm looking forward to getting started as soon as we can. Hi, I'm Julia. Um, I'm 18 years old, which is a transition age in our society. Um, I am a white cis woman. I am living on council of the Three Fires territory. And I'm uh, pretty busy and overwhelmed, um, but I'm spending some time with my sister. And I'm about to start a new job for a year in like a week and a half. So that's a thing. It's gonna change my life, probably. Hello, I am Dan Giles, he, him, his. I'm getting a physics degree, but I'm more of an astronomer, and I do data science, so maybe I'm more of a data scientist, but I do kind of all of those things together. Hi, my name's Ari. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, with some people, and they, them, with other people. Invitation only uh, into the they, them club. Uh, I am an artist and a powerlifter. And I'm currently feeling kind of gross for reasons you'll figure out later in the episode. My name is Addie. I use pronouns like she and her. I'm living right now in Silicon Valley on Ohlone land, and I'm eating seaweed. And I feel tired and also grateful for the conversation that we just had that you are about to listen to, dear listeners, um, because the people that I got to talk to are very interesting and authentic and honest and I'm so glad that they trust me and I work in a church with young people okay hi hi hello hello I'm gonna bring it up now because I think it's important too I spoke to Julie about this a little bit so y'all remember that episode where right at the beginning I endorsed Jem uh at you're doing great and then like texted you about it when the apology was happening and you were like i know yeah I no i on the podcast <laughs> i know i felt really bad okay so i talked to you right, about could this you contextualize uh what we're talking about in case um no one knows what is happening <laughs> like, yeah probably- so basically i like on at the beginning of the podcast you all remember i was like hey this person you're doing great is like this super cool anarchist that i follow and they've really radicalized me and i love their tiktoks and then like two days later <laughs> this thing the, the uh uh this thing came out that i don't remember exactly the chain of like how i found out personally but basically um gem is i'm just gonna i don't know we'll put a big big trigger warning in here for sexual assault that's just gonna be part of the part of the next part of this conversation um that back in like that that a couple of years ago Jem had raped someone and um that they had like they had tried to reach out 
and make contact with the with the person they harmed um and then was basically told like they don't want anything to do with you and then Jem was told to like take space from their sort of like the that community um of like you know queer black people in new york um in this like particular scene um which apparently they did for like six months uh but then they also you know started making these tiktoks and now then by the time this you know all this information came out um they you know by the time our podcast episode was recorded they had like upwards of a hundred thousand followers um on all their platforms and was starting like book clubs and things like that and uh so then they had this someone uh uh i think jewel jewel is uh her name jewel offered to have a like a, a conversation around accountability with Jem, uh on instagram live and so i tuned in for that Jem showed up like like they showed up like 20 minutes late first of all which was super disrespectful and then throughout it they sort of had this thing of like they were like well i wasn't hiding it from everyone and it does turn out that if you go through all of their highlights like their highlighted stories on instagram there's one called accountability and it's at the very end and there's no note that says like this is the one and but it had it, it details where it's basically like oh i assaulted someone i've tried to go through an, an accountability process i'm not a perfect person we're all learning kind of thing um but like i followed them for like six months and never found that like literally never because it's it is hidden within their instagrams even if they're saying that it's a thing that was public and so they sort of kept saying like well the person doesn't want anything to do with me but i've been like i've been working on it and then jewel kept sort of saying like okay but what have you been doing and then Jem couldn't really answer like they were just sort of like oh i took space but then it also was a question of like but did you really take space because you also allowed yourself to get this huge following right where now this person the person that you harmed and their friends are seeing your face all over their feeds every single day, right? And, like, why would you let yourself get this big knowing that that could hurt someone? And um, initially, Jem was going to try to, like, redistribute their platform. I'm not really sure how that was going, how that was planning on working. They were planning on, like, giving the account um, to someone. Um, and then that didn't, that didn't happen. They basically just, like, put up the recording and then, like, a few days later, like a day later, deactivated their account, um, like all their accounts. So I don't, and, and the conversation felt really, I mean, it felt gross because I feel, gr I felt gross during it. And it just, I think there was a lot of like, it, it, it needed to happen, but I think a lot of the feelings that were expressed there were not ones of like, it, it wasn't in the place yet of like how do i forgive you or like what steps are you going to take so that i can forgive you it was mostly in place of like you need to hear that you have like hurt you've hurt your fans right and you've hurt like the the, the, the people you were friends with right you're sort of like your group and you've hurt you further hurt the person that you already assaulted and like letting like this isn't a time for you to feel good this is a time for you to feel horrible um which didn't feel good to be a part of. And I know some people afterwards were saying like, oh, well, there was like, what could, they couldn't, there was nothing for Jem to have said during that. And I sort of feel like, yeah, like their their job in there wasn't really to say anything in some ways. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the in some ways the point of that conversation was maybe to also just like allow them to hear how much they had hurt people. 
It's basically, I'm feeling really conflicted and crappy about it. And I say conflicted in the sense of like, I'm unsure of what an appropriate response is knowing that that's there of whether it's like, should I just ask Sonia to cut that out? Cause it was right at the beginning and I don't know that I talked about them later, but should I basically, should I say like, can we just cut that out so that way people don't hear it because I don't want people to hear it. And either one be like, oh, you're doing great. It's awesome. I should go check them out. And then they go check them out. And then they're like, oh my God, why would Ari endorse that person? And, and I say that not r really in a way of trying to be like, I'm trying to protect my reputation, but mostly in a thing of like, I feel like that would not portray me as like uh, as like being in line with my values and i also feel like maybe when we're talking about this conversation of like not canceling necessarily but like accountability and when we decide whether or not to de-platform people that could be an important teaching moment but i also don't know that like that moment in that episode of this podcast is an is like the appropriate time to talk about that and i don't mean appropriate in terms of like politeness politics i just don't don't know if like like, it feels like a, I'm worried that if it's in there, it won't be, like, contextualized. And it was, it was so, f like, fast after, I just, like, I know I'm making a face right now, and it's because, like, I legitimately feel really gross about it. I don't know, I feel, I have a lot of feelings in general about, like, how that went, and I feel like we could do a whole episode just talking about Gem being deplatformed and comparing that to, like, I don't know, other celebrities and people that have been deplatformed or are trying to deplatform but i feel like it was like because remember we recorded that episode and it was like less than a week later that it was literally like, that week <laughs> it was like two days later or something you. yeah and that was the and entire I, reason why i was following them <laughs> and like yeah the entire thing and then i and i like watched the video the like I don't know, it was theoretically going to be like an accountability video or something like that. And that didn't go very well. I don't know. I want to, at some point, I feel like we should talk about that. Maybe. I don't know. I, yeah, I just, I feel like I fucked up and I know I didn't intentionally fuck up in the sense of like, I did not know that they were an abuser. And if I had known that I would not have in like endorsed them, right. Or their platform. But I also recognize that I, did endorse them in their platform and they are an abuser and even if i didn't know that at the time and even if that wasn't like a like a public that wasn't like public knowledge at the time that still like isn't an okay thing to put out there without any kind of context and it's still something that i feel gross about yeah i don't think we should say i don't think we should endorse um without that context but i think that's why we should always have a thing but i would argue for i mean the entire time we talked about that was dan and i talking about loving harry potter so it's you're not alone in in having endorsed a gross person <laughs> i think it it and it's fundamentally what this conversation is about is how do we um manage the things that other people do and the way that we interact with them in a public way which is what voting is you know so i think it's really yeah. related it is related i just i don't know yeah and like also it's like this is what we do as people as we're learning. Like we we don't know things about people or we don't think about certain things about people and like to like take it out would just be like forgetting that like I mean, I feel like there's gonna be people who I'm sure there are people who look up to you, Ari, and I'm one of them. And I just think that as a person who looks up to you, it's also good to know like you and like you thought this person was cool and then you found this thing out about them and now 
you want to contextualize what you said versus just like being like, oh, I never said it, you know? Have you had that experience before? Not, not that fundamentally in that like, I think I've had, well, there've been other people that I've been, that I've like looked up to and then have been like, frankly, especially, oh my gosh, recently there've been like, there's in the last like six months I've unfollowed and like really not turned on, but like it really changed my opinion of two different like trans men that I used to really look up to and back when I was like still very much in the closet and like watching videos about like trans on trans YouTube and being like, wow, they're so cool. I wonder why I'm watching all these videos. Um, these are two different people and they've both now, one of them as there were a lot of like varied reasons that were sort of like, it was a bunch of, more like a bunch of of like half things and then but one of them is like very is like a very turfy trans man and i really don't like oh, and i the, super don't like him now i don't I'm buck angel people but buck yeah i know well he's yeah. like jk you're doing it it's so weird well because he has this whole thing where he's like i am biologically female I know, I know. And I can't like I know. you can't deny biology and you can be a trans person but you can't deny biology and he also has this weird thing he also doesn't like he also doesn't think that like trans women should be allowed to compete with I know, cis women I know. in sports and he also has this whole obsession with like interviewing people who are who have like detransitioned because he has this big thing about like only only some people that say that they're trans are actually trans and a lot of people detransition, which is like not, is a very, like, it's really, yeah, he's been gross for a hot minute. Also, he, well, he, he was sort of, there was a combo of two of these people. Um, the other one is Rocco Catastrophe. Um, the ultimate reason why I unfollowed him was because he posted this thing that was like, oh, me and my vegan friend, he looks so great because he lost 70 pounds from going vegan. And I was like, oh, we're on following now because that makes me uncomfortable. And then, uh, but he posted a thing on like National Pronouns Day where he was like, it makes me really uncomfortable when people ask me my pronouns because it makes me feel like I'm not, his thing was, it was a little more like, when people ask me my pronouns, it makes me worry that I'm not passing, which I was sort of like, that's yeah. valid, but also I feel like asking for pronouns is like a much bigger thing than like your individual discomfort with feeling passing, especially given that if someone doesn't pass, right? And passing is like a whole different thing and a whole fake thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's like, it's, it's a construction, but for trans people that don't pass or who will never pass, right? Or who don't want to pass, it is really important to have those introductions because not every trans person's goal is to like pass assist. And then Buck Angel commented that was like, you're so right. If someone asked me my pronouns, that means that I failed as a man. Like he like literally said that. And I was like, oh boy, y'all are really. And then they kept like agreeing with each other. And I was like, uh-uh, we're not doing that. So that's like the closest experience I've had. But sorry, I know that was a very long thing, but that's the closest experience I've had. But I don't, I think what feels different about this is that I've never like, told my I never like told my trans friends you know who would really help you like come to terms with you like learn more about your trans mask identity buck angel <laughs> like I've never said that oh, um mm -hmm. versus I like yeah. said to people that I care about and especially like said to people with the, I care about with the intention of that information going public that they should like follow and listen to the ideology of this person that now I believe like I I, I fundamentally don't agree with or believe that my values are completely in line with even if they're trying to do work you know yeah i think that, that feels different 
Yeah, I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. I think that what you're describing is not unfamiliar to me. And um, it's really helpful to hear people who are really smart, like you, um, be like, you know what, actually, I was wrong. <laughs> and I think I, I don't know if this is resonates with you, Dan, but I'm, I was, when I asked that question, Ari, I was like, when I was like, has this ever happened to you? I was like, when does this happen to me? Because I feel like I have like my regular celebrities that I bring up and stuff. But then I thought, Dan, I don't know what you think about this. But I was like the first person that I was like, this is a really good person. You should um, like this person. And then I found out was a horrible person is my dad. <laughs> so I like since the age of seven, I've just realized that like there can be people who you're like, oh, this person's great. And then you find out they're not. And you're like, I can either like hurt myself by thinking that I did something wrong by being fooled by this person or I can put that back on the other person and realize that um I am not responsible for what they did and what did I do as soon as I found out what they did that really really matters because what did I do when I found out about R. Kelly I did not act the way that I should have that's on me <laughs> um but I think what you're doing is you're like, as soon as I found out about this, I'm like embarrassed and I don't want anyone to even know that I, uh, I don't even want that to be like a, a in the past endorsement. And I think that says yeah. everything about who you are and nothing about, um, it's not, it's not, you get what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I appreciate that. And I appreciate you saying that. No, I think it's maybe important to put out there also. Cause I think there needs to be like, maybe more, I don't want to say guidance because I don't want to be like, I'm giving my guidance to you, but just more like openness yeah. around like, so you followed someone and they turned out to be an abuser. What do yeah. you do now? Yeah. You know, like. We all need to know. Uh, and and that might be an, I don't know, an interesting thing while we're talking about like problematic politicians and problematic humans to like, I don't know, work, work through publicly is like hello i'm working through my guilt around this <laughs> well it's an important well it, it's just an important example to set that like you can look up to someone and then you cannot look like you can decide that the way that they're they're expressing themselves or something that they're doing is not something that you want to emulate and like you can separate like i look up to this person or like i look up to some of their actions and then be like but I don't want to emulate who they are. And if they do something I don't agree with, then I can step away. So, like, not mm -hmm. having to just, like, be like, well, this person does this really... Like, I think that's a big thing to be able to do, to, to look up to somebody, but then also to, like, um, set boundaries about, like, what you... Um, like, they can do something and you can decide you don't like it instead of just being like, well, everything they do is perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also like the person who who Gem assaulted does want to remain anonymous, which is like absolutely their right, and I, you know, I understand. Mm -hmm. um, that's, but I think that also does make it harder because it also means that like I want to, you know, I as a person who followed Gem want to be able to give Gem and their the the person they harmed like the space to be able to like engage potentially engage in restorative justice like mm -hmm. on their own without like doing so under a spotlight because i don't think doing it under a spotlight would be necessarily healthy mm -hmm. um so i like want to be able to give them both that space because they you know that is something that they're entitled to i 
also feel like that makes it hard because now I'm sort of like, and then what happened? Like, I don't know. And I don't know that I'm ever going to know. Like, I don't know that I, as a person who followed them, I'm ever going to get closure on sort of like, did you do this? Like, like what work did you end up doing? And I don't know. It's sort of a mix of like, you know, wanting to respect the privacy of everyone in that situation while also wanting to hold them accountable and sort of have knowledge and have closure. Um, and I don't know that it, with this particular situation of it being a celebrity and not like, you know, a person that I like physically know in my actual life that, uh, you know, I'm going to be able to get that. I don't know. I have these like weird, these weird, like societal questions that are like nagging me in my mind. And I, I'm kind of like grossed out by them because like my, uh, initial, like one of my initial thoughts is like, so what what is the process that people who have committed like terrible things uh, done terrible things what is the process by which they can go through to gain the sort of like um redemption that they that they want to have that like society uh, most of society wants to grant them How, what is what are the steps and then like my my second thought to that is like why why do we have to like make a pathway to allow people to have that redemption in public like most people don't assault people that's just not a thing like why do we have to like make a pathway for people who assault others which is a choice it's a choice that people make and it's not necessarily related to their career path but like it's a choice that people make to us to harm other people and they don't have to do that and it's not ours as a society's job to make their make their life then easy to like gain that sort of acceptance to become a public figure to make themselves widespread. So my thought, like my, my gross thought that I am railing against and trying to like break out of, because I feel like the conversation so often comes back to like, so what can assaulters do like to become like redeemed in the public eye? And because we're, we're such a society that values the ability to be redeemed and like, sure, there is, I think there is the idea of redemption that has to exist. And like, that's always going to have to be a personal thing between the person who does heinous things and the people that they do heinous things to. That cannot happen in the public eye, though. Like, my thought is that it is not a public thing that people get redemption. It is a private thing, and it is um, a very hard thing to do, and you have to, like, legitimately remorse for it, and you have to, like, go through a whole process. Um, and you don't then, like, there's no no then there's no right then to be in the public eye i think at all if you've made the decision to be like to do crappy things and so i'm i'm dealing with my own uh hang-ups on like the things that i want to think are like i don't know like we're supposed to value people like going through this process but most people don't do crappy things to others in the same way Mm-hmm. in the first place we have a, a a punitive justice system that says you do wrong then you get punished and so like we in this group feel like no we shouldn't just punish people for um every single thing we should try and restore we should try and rehabilitate we should try and get people back into society in a way that actually serves them like people have a lot of problems and a lot of societal issues that bring to them point but we also believe like when people do these wrong things make choices that bring them to harming others that we like that can't just be let go we can't just allow people to like be forgiven without doing anything it's not just like um you get a free pass 
that's not that's not the mindset we're going with when we say we shouldn't have a punitive justice system we're talking about like there needs to be a process that brings people into a good place and repairs relationships and like timing matters if you if you don't say the right thing at the right time that makes it a harder process but it requires the process still happen i think like from my personal experience um my dad is in jail he is in jail he is being punished for the crimes that he committed um and he did commit those crimes but uh, he he went to jail for committing crimes then he got out of jail and then he did more crimes and he went back to jail he never got better he never said he did anything wrong he doesn't believe he did anything wrong but he did many things to harm many people and that doesn't help anybody though like the fact that he was punished didn't help anybody doesn't help him doesn't help the people he harmed um and it never brought him any sort of closure it never brings anybody any sort of closure except for the fact that maybe we're safe from him for the time being mm-hmm. um but i would i would so much rather have the experience of like him coming to terms with the things that he did and um reckoning with that in a real way um mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean like he ran for Congress in 1986, but that, that doesn't mean he should be a congressman. It means that he should maybe not be in jail and maybe he should be working on his problems. Um, you know, he doesn't get to run for politics now that he's done all of these terrible things. Um, and the reason that I'm not saying the things that he did is because I just have to say so many trigger warnings that I don't want to get into it. Um, So, like, I don't even know where to go from there. It's just, like, terrible. People do terrible things, but we, as, like, very liberal people, want to say that people are redeemable. That doesn't mean, like, that they are redeemable to the point where they should represent us. That doesn't mean they're redeemable to the point where they should be popular in media. That doesn't mean they're redeemable to the point where they should have a strong voice in shaping how society goes. It means that Mm -hmm. they should continue to be able to be a part of society if they put the work in. And I think it's always up to the people who are harmed to dictate where they stand. And at any point that can be revoked by the person that's been harmed. I There's a part of me that wants to believe that people are like, and that does believe, I feel like it's one of my values that like, you know, every, every person is deserving of like care and love and like basic rights and respect and things like that. And I, and I do hold that. Um, and then I also think there's a part of me that is like, if you, I mean, people will say things like, we're all human, we all make mistakes. And like, I feel like that often gets thrown around for things that I would call like choices, not not necessarily like miss miss or like i don't know i feel like there's the difference between like i don't know if i like shoplift from a store and i get caught that's like a thing that i've done that potentially i don't recognize how that might harm people right um that like i don't know someone could be fired or it like there's i don't know like like that's an action that like i don't necessarily understand how that harms people but is still like i mean you know whether or not you 
believe that me shoplifting is wrong like it has consequences right and and you could say that that's like i would describe that as potentially being like a mistake right versus i feel like with something as serious as like assault that's like that's a that's a that's a choice right and that is a thing that we know harms people and that people who assault people know harms people and and i and so in things like that i don't i don't feel like it's all like a like a one point system of like you did x thing that was not good and then that's what like it's an equal number of just like blank strikes against you like i'm like yes some things are worse than others and i feel like when you do something that's that bad like are you still deserving of like respect and love and like you know basic rights yes but also i don't think you're entitled to like represent people i don't think so then when i don't know when conversations come out about like joe biden and things like that and the the allegations against him which i don't know i don't know why i haven't brought really brought that up so far but that is a thing that i've been thinking about a lot it's just like i don't know like i don't he's not entitled to represent me you know it's like just and and i had a conversation with my mom about that where she was really upset um that i said that because she was sort of like well he's working on it and he could and i was like he can change all he wants but he doesn't get to change well like you do a certain number of things and then you're not, maybe you're not allowed to run for president. Like that's, and that's okay. I think we're allowed to say like, you don't get to do unlimited bad things. And then you're like, but I, but I, I, I'm better now, even whether or not he is better now, which is di- yeah. different. He also has like, you don't get to just like any accountability. Oh no, he totally hasn't. And so like, that's my thing. I've like, I, one, I don't think he's taken accountability, but even if he had taken accountability, I still would be like, I don't know that this means, like, you're, you're still not, that doesn't mean that it, like, negates the thing you did. It, 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 it's an, it's an addition. It's like, you did this thing, and then you took these steps, right? Um, and, and that doesn't mean you're, like, but that still doesn't mean you're, like, entitled to represent people, you're entitled to even run for this office. And this is why, like, we really want to get rid of the establishment Democrats. Like, we really want to do that because the establishment Democratic system feels real gross, rigged. I don't know. Many words. Um, it's such like a there's I don't even know exactly what words to use for it, but it's just like. It props up these people who just have long-standing careers because they have long-standing careers. Like, we absolutely, over time, need to push them out. You know what? Next year, like this election, we can push some of them out by voting for very progressive people. In primaries, every single primary, we should be pushing out a new establishment dec- Democrat. Um, and it is it is so hard that we have come to the point where in November we're going to have to vote first one, the oldest president in the United States of America, because like, I know it sucks, but like the reality is one of the two people is going to be elected. And, um, that needs to change. That sucks. And it's a bad system and it's not representative. Um, I was talking with just like people in my group this week, my, uh, frontier development laboratory group um about how like the american system doesn't represent the american people in any way like uh the electoral college system is based on slavery the fact that people in more liberal states don't get as uh like representative of a vote is not as representative the fact that it's a two-party system isn't representative there's no there's no room for you to actually vote for 
somebody you agree with. Um, and that's that's not to say like that we should just give up. That's to say we need to fully and radically change the system. But I feel like voting then in that case, it does almost feel like giving up to me. Like like how is how does me voting for Joe Biden tell him you are a horrible person who is not entitled to my vote? Like I don't get to attach my I don't get to send in my mail in ballot with a little post it for Joe, you know. I mean, does yeah. does not voting voting for Joe? Oh man, does not voting for yeah. Joe actually even send that message? Yeah, I think that's the bigger point. I don't think it sends it. But that goes back to the thing of, I don't know, I mentioned this in like one of the first ones or something, but like with the thing of if you're going to say, yes, but he has to listen to you, that means in four years, if you don't feel like you've been listened to, you're not allowed to vote for him again. Like, like if you're going to set up the thing of like, he has to listen to you and you're, and, and the thing that you're doing is you're going to withhold something. If that's going to be your consequence, you have to be willing to follow through. Cause like the reason Joe Biden as a person is allowed to run and run on this campaign of just basically being like, I'm not Trump. Right. I don't even think he's going to run Trump... again in four years though. Even if he gets yeah, it, I don't think he's going to. That's something that I've heard. But I'm just, that, but that's yeah, like, I think that's, you know, that's a, that's know. a fine thing. But that's not a thing that people do. There's like this thing of like, is, the, like vote blue no matter who. I don't think I don't think people consistently like. I mean, it just like like with absolutely like the Democratic block, the primary Democratic block, which is I don't know, at least forty five percent of actual voters, the people who actually vote, they're gonna do they're gonna go with their party no matter what. It doesn't matter. And then there's going to be a very small percentage who actually vote for some other party. Um, I think I think you and I want the same thing. Like I think everybody in this room wants the same thing. We're just talking about we're just talking about uh, how to make that happen. And we're just um, talking about different strategies. And I don't yeah. think any of us are committed to one strategy at this point mm-hmm. either. I mean, um, I wrote a hundred postcards. Say, t- telling people join me in voting this November, so I might have to do it because I promised I promised several hundred people I would vote. I've been thinking of you all week, Ari, <laughs> and I have had a little bit of a change of heart because before I was like, yeah, yeah, what Ari's saying, <laughs> and I was like willing to be swayed to not vote. And now that I've done this, so I did this critical race theory summer school. It was like four hours every day in the morning with like Anita Hills lawyers were two of the teachers. What? and and so and they were like they're lawyers so then the whole thing was like we're working with something that we know is inherently racist the law and so like a lot of what we talked about was if when you do critical race theory which came out of the law it was developed by kimberly crenshaw who's one of the teachers who's one of um who is a lawyer and like it it was developed out of a law school um it's it's this like action of working at something that you know is inherently systemically racist and working in it and despite it at the same time. So like if you're a lawyer, that means that you respect the law. But if you're a critical race theorist, that means that you believe the law is fundamentally racist. So how could you be a lawyer if you think that it's racist? And then that was like so much of the conversation was around that. So I have like a week's worth of four hours of meeting of things that I want to share about how that made it more complex to me 
And I honestly, I have too much to say, but I just want to say I have more information now. <laughs> it made me feel like, uh-huh, uh-huh, this is just a strategy. I have another great Audrey Lord, uh, like you can't dismantle the master's house with the master's tools. Um, mm -hmm. The one guy did an amazing analysis of that and what that means, because I feel like that would be like, oh, we can't d d dismantle like American democracy by voting. But he did a great analysis of it that I would like to share. I was going to say that's interesting because, yeah, well, it's interesting because you bring that up in, I think this, this week, I, uh, I think have mostly come to the conclusion that I, I don't think I will vote, um, for, because Joe Biden, uh, announced that he wants, that he thinks we should, we should, uh, be imprisoning anarchists, um, yeah and, I mean, which is which is the same thing as trump but also do I we have enough energy to keep talking about this because i really want to oh, talk yeah, we about can, it. we can we can maybe we save that for, the, for the next one because maybe you and i have both maybe come to conclusions about what we want to do i am taking care of myself by having meaningful work to do this summer which is just nice it's just nice to have something that i feel like is meaningful um Everybody should do that. Sorry, if if you don't feel like what you're doing is meaningful, make just like go for go for making your daily actions meaningful. So the way I'm taking care of myself is I'm eating a big bowl of yogurt and cherries and I'm drinking tea in a mug that a person I'm no longer friends with gave me. My other kind of thing for myself is that I we had it's a long story, but we had a little bit of a COVID scare at this house in, in my family's house last week. Um, and so I've been very much like, we didn't go grocery shopping, so I haven't really been cooking because I haven't really had things to like cook with. I've mostly been like, you know, eating the random stuff that we have around the house, which doesn't feel good. But then that's over. We're good. No one in my family has COVID. So I was able to go to the store and get a bunch of vegetables and stuff. And now I am making chili. And that feels really good because I like cooking. And also this means that now for the next like probably eight days, I will have lunches and some dinners that I know that I will enjoy because I made it and if I made it you know it's tasty. Okay I've had a really tough week <laughs> but I essentially I was taking like a full-time law class and a I was working full-time and at the end of the day I play a video game that I very much love and that is how I'm being kind to myself and also just like taking some like investing in my own time outside of work was really good even though it was a lot of work to do and like reading law things my brain is not made for it but um I got the last of us part one I played through it all last week and now I have the last of us part two and it is very much feeding my soul <laughs> um and it's a zombie game uh and I like just really relate to it <laughs> I am being kind to myself by giving myself the time to be in this community right now sitting here and just being really glad to be with people who I'm familiar with, who I understand, I can be very honest with you guys, because I spend a lot of time in these wonderful communities, but I can't always be 100% honest um, in them. So um, it just means a lot for me to be here. And so yeah, just like, I guess like, I'm trying to figure out where in this process I was kind to myself. I guess like texting you guys, being like, um, <clears throat> are we meeting? was an act of kindness to myself because I wanted to see your faces and hear your voices. 
This podcast is recorded on Ohlone and Potawatomi and Miami and Peoria land. Our producer is Sonia Berg. Want to support them? Look in the episode description to buy them a cup of coffee. Our logo is made by Julia's sister, Sophia. She is 12 and a Democrat who doesn't agree with everything the Democrats stand for. Our theme song is by some TikTok users that I cannot pronounce, but they will be listed in our episode description.